such a, in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, such a Scandinavian <laughs> intro with the trees behind me. <laughs> like I'm in a Danish drama. Hello, there's been a murder. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines One Night More review. My name's Matt Mayer, aka Imp, here with you once more. Look how knackered I am. <laughs> Look how tired I am. I'm not as tired as the guys who have been, have been watching every show live and they're planning to watch NXT live tonight as well. Crazy people. <laughs> Crazy people. I'm not doing that. No. I've, I watched this. At, I started watching more at 8am this morning. It's a bit better. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit better. Me not being up. So pretty late. But anyway, with the move to NXTs, me doing this review at 7 EST slash midnight, it doesn't, like consistently, doesn't really work given I really would. If I ever have to run over an hour, I'm immediately going live into NXT. So it kind of makes sense to try out earlier times, see how that goes. Maybe even just going at six normally, but there is another clash with me tonight because it's, it's still WrestleMania week. The order of things still isn't normal. <laughs> so uh, 5.30 Eastern time it is, 10.30. I'm not like tired. I can read my notes perfectly fine. What is this world? Especially after this past week with Monday Night Raw. This is the Raw after WrestleMania. The Raw after WrestleMania is in this state. My God. Ah. Uh, yes, I'm going to talk about this uh, week's Raw. And hopefully, I've given myself a little bit of time to, like, if I do run over an hour, I'm going to try and keep it shorter this week because I've got things to do. But, and this show was so bad, I don't want to spend any more time than I have to. <laughs> I want to in and out, wham, bam, done. Forget about it. Because this was a truly awful Raw. On the back of a series of Raws going into WrestleMania that were all... Pretty bad. Like, just the wars going into Mania. Get that, get, get like, the feeling of, well, SmackDown's great. This is pretty much run of the motion until they get to WrestleMania. Hopefully, at WrestleMania, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be grand by the time that we get to WrestleMania. And, uh, and then what after Mania is like your hard reset. But it, but it wasn't. <laughs> it just wasn't a hard reset. And that, it feels like we've gone from night one of WrestleMania, which was amazing... Night like 2 of WrestleMania, which was a little bit more worrisome. Then, but it was still WrestleMania. The main event still delivered. It, it, even though I didn't enjoy a lot of Night 2, I still really enjoyed the main event. So it still felt like WrestleMania. Then we come to my late Raw, and it's just back, it's back to the Thunderdome. It's a different feeling. Thunderdome in a different place, but it's still the Thunderdome. And I'm just a little bit... I'm getting warnings that my, uh, myself be stuttering are. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too bad. But yeah. With, uh, we're going back to the Thunderdome, it's a little bit different. We've got new commentary. We've got Adam Verk from ESPN. And we've got Corey Gray. Of course, me being English, I don't know who that is. <laughs> but apparently he do he do baseball commentary, I think it was. Again, a sport that doesn't exist in my place or whatever. I'm dropping a lot of frames. I don't know what my laptop is doing. <laughs> it's just same as normal. I don't know why you go crazy now. Um, I may, if it gets worse, I'll obviously do something. But yeah, so... Even more Thunderdome screens as well, as they kind of now like curve all the way to like up to the stage. So it's not the, it's not. Usually you have like a bit of a gap so the pyro could go off. An immediate notice on this one was a lack of pyro because the screens kind of come in front of there's the side bits by the side of the Titantron, and yeah, hopefully it's not. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. We didn't have any pyro. I don't know if that's because it's a smaller arena or. If it's purely because they got the things going over the top of it, so I think it's I think it's fine or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so we had 
New commentary. We had a new place to be doing it, which looks a little bit different with the screens coming round. Production doing a great job with like a setup, which again is a smaller place than there were beforehand by the looks of it, but it also felt different and new. Like to be fair, like that is their bread and butter when they're normally out touring. It's making every single arena look identical, look the same, and that's what they do when they've managed it here as it's the same but it feels a little bit different which i think is important for wwe like kind of right now without fans just like really my kind of thing like aw seems to be doing where they kind of integrate into the arena rather than making it look identical every week um i mean obviously they're in daily's place so it's really difficult to make that look like their normal arena uh, but still but still we are but monday night raw and I really struggled <laughs> to choose what to pick as like the like number one worst thing. But after last year, I entered this war a tad worried. Like I was a tad worried going in, just because like I was worried that this would be a pretty nothing show. And the reason I was worried is because I'm tired and because there would be that hype because it's still a thing. Raw after Mania, just but last year's wasn't that at all. Last year's felt like filler. Then you got the weird Drew McIntyre Big Show main event, which is the real main event of WrestleMania. That still confuses me. But yeah, so there's that. But there's, but there was that worrying feeling that it, it wasn't a Raw after Mania, in, in terms of that hype that it's had beforehand. But we then get to this Raw, and uh, it's got some returns. But it, again, it didn't have anywhere near that feeling of hype. If they didn't show those pictures from WrestleMania. It was just any other role, just in terms of the way that it felt. There was absolutely nothing kind of, there's no special feeling about it. And it felt like a regular role. You know, obviously me hyped from WrestleMania, I want that hype to continue somewhat. But this kind of felt like, uh, da, 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 da. I'm not talking about just like, don't give it, I don't need massive returns or kickstarts or massive angles. But to somehow continue that momentum. And I feel like part of that reason is a lot of the people who lost at WrestleMania got their wins back on this Raw. Meaning some of the people who won, <laughs> Damian Priest, took a loss to give momentum back to another person because they're continuing rivalries. But, personally, just for a week, people who had momentum from WrestleMania, so after Mania, what's the harm in letting them keep it? You've got five weeks to backlash. What's the harm in Damien Priest winning? I mean, it seems to be outside reasons, probably, that Miz won. Because Miz and Mrs. was debuting afterwards. And they wanted like them to be, I guess, the parting shot. And it's because it's their, it's their night with Miz and Mrs. So going more in on that. But that does mean... It doesn't have to be Damien Priest, though. Like, they can do that, I guess, similar spot with somebody else just for this week. And Damien Priest can somehow still gain a victory. I mean, there are other ways to get around it. <laughs> but this is me talking about it in hindsight. And we, my, one of my biggest grievances with WWE is not going with hindsight. I've just seen one of the pauses there on the stutter. <laughs> it wasn't pleasant. Uh, yeah, it's, it was not a great roar. And I think, I guess, one of the key things about it is not thinking th forward. And we were reaching that point where that is having like longer-term effects, which is quite... Quite worrying, really. Also, hopefully, it's just my audio that's uh, doing, that's going off. I think, I think we're fine. I think we're fine. Right, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. Let's go with the main thing, which is like being talked about, kind of right now. Also, <laughs> proof from knackered after mania. 
Uh, hair just hair's just set to fluffy today, and I'm gonna have to keep brushing it. It's gonna have to keep happening. It's a thing. It's a thing. So on top of my pale skin for <laughs> the late nights. So we kicked off Raw. I'm go from here. I'm gonna talk about the opening match. Then we're gonna go to the kind of quabble between people coming out to challenge to become number one contender. Then to the main event. Just so we got this bit out of the way, and then we can go through in order. So. Starting off, start of Raw, Raw after Mania, the very first thing we see is the WWE Champion arriving at the arena. That I'm fine with, it's fine. But he's then confronted by Riddle. Uh, Riddle's scooted on in and does his normal like, kind of comedic delivery and boldly challenged the champion. Obviously Bobby refused, but for the remainder of, uh, but with the reminder, I can't really speak, with the reminder of their past via irritating chinwag. <laughs> They got, the champion got amped up enough to teach the kid a lesson. So that's what we did. That's what the opening was. So, correctly, the first person to enter the arena was WWE Champion Bobby Lashley, which makes all the sense, but it is for a rematch. It is for a rematch against Matt Riddle. When I say rematch, it's because in the US title feuds, we saw this match a lot. And every single week on Raw, Bobby Lashley beat up Matt Riddle. To the point, when we were going into those pay-per-views, we were like, why is Matt Riddle getting another chance? Because he's been beaten up again and again and again. Like, soundly lost <laughs> multiple times. Why would I care about Bobby Lashley going with a win? Sorry, why would I care with, uh, about the pay-per-view match because seen him lost? And if he wins, if Matt Riddle wins, there isn't this like sudden believable thing. There isn't this sudden believable thing. Matt Riddle is perfectly ruined. <laughs> I guess and broken or whatever. It's just, yeah, it's a bit irritating, a bit irritating. Uh, I am stumbling over myself because I'm constantly kind of breaking and stopping, but I think my, I think my audio is fine. That's the main thing I'm <laughs> trying to keep up with here. Uh, but yeah, match itself was exactly what I was just talking about. When Matt Riddle challenges Bobby Lashley and the commentator's talking about how brave he is, he's going out, he's going to show a good fight against Bobby Lashley, even though he's getting beaten up, he keeps getting up. But if you do that so many times, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I mean... I saw some kind of like, oh, Matt Riddle against Bobby Lashley. That's an interesting thing to immediately kick into. Oh, no, it's a complete jobber match. For me, it felt a bit like they knew Riddle would make Bobby Lashley look like a monster because they did it for weeks. And it was just kind of like a return to that. Because the opening thing is Bobby Lashley looking like a badass. And, yeah. But it puts it that thing of Riddle's always managed, the story that lives here, is Riddle has always managed to get in Lashley's head and find his way into matches against him. Like, normally, getting beaten emphatically on Raw, but he got his head in, so he always ended up getting the title shot. And it's happened again here. So I like that consistency. I'm fine with that. This was no different. The man fails upwards, <laughs> as he generally does a great job making Lashley look like a dominant beast. And the WWE Champion teaching a lesson, just like he said he would before he then came out. And it's... I don't know if it's worrisome or not, but again, it was a return. After everything we've seen, it was a return to what their feud was doing beforehand, just now Bobby Lashley's champion. But Matt Riddle but lost at WrestleMania, he lost his championship, comes into Raw, challenges the champion, then gets his ass absolutely handed to him. It's like, oh, right, okay, so what's the thing? Hello, Adrian. Hola, hola. Yes, hopefully my laptop stops freaking out. I keep getting messages about drop frames. I have absolutely no idea what's causing the issue. I'm not running anything more than normal. So for some reason, I reckon it's running something that it really shouldn't be. Like a scan. Like a bloody scan. <laughs> so like, this is me pausing this to go, what are you running? Which is using up all of my 
all of my space. What are you running? Right, I think we're fine. What's that? Uh, anyway, oh, I need to stop going through my settings. This is fine. It's perfectly fine. Right, <laughs> so we're going to move on to Cedric Alexander. No, we're not. We're going to move on to when, if I can bloody find it in my notes. <laughs> move on to the MVP kind of celebration for Bobby Lashley. MVP, later in the show, in a braggadocious mood. I think it was like, this was either going into the final hour or it was the... It was in the final hour, I can't quite remember. Because I'm English, I wind through it. So it doesn't always align properly. But MVP was in a braggadocious mood. But how does Drew feel? And I really did like what he was saying here. That he's mad enough to admit that he got caught at WrestleMania. And he gave a list of three things that he was expecting to happen at WrestleMania. And the last one just being that who was going to get caught. Who's going to make that mistake. And he was mad enough to admit that he did. And that's why he lost. And yeah, I liked it. I like him admitting that. He again comes across as a strong challenger. But now he wants Lashley on as high a pedestal as possible because eventually he'll get his rematch. And that's what his kind of focus was to come out there. But this then turned into that segment you've seen a million times where suddenly you get a run of competitors coming out. You set up a match between all of those competitors. They're bog standard setup. Lazy WWE kind of setup, but we're used to it now. Uh, he also won at WrestleMania, did our Braun Strowman. It then came out. That was awful. <laughs> this order. Next, Randy Orton. He also won at WrestleMania. Adam Pearce makes the number one contender's triple threat for tonight. All as MVP got increasingly annoyed shouting, like, the, 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 end, the line ends with Bobby Lashley. What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, but yeah, it was... It was your bog standard setup. AKA, I'm not going to get super interested in this because it's pretty lazy setup. Really? Uh, yeah. Anyway, then we flash forward to the main event. And this is when it happens. It's like, it's, so far, standard WWE. Like, this is fine. This is perfectly fine. This is the normal stuff that we get. Like, it's not, it's not exciting me. I'm not properly getting into it, really. But it's, it, it can set up an interesting match. And that's what it did. The number one contenders match for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Winner facing Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash. So WrestleMania... Backlash, <laughs> as I kept bloody saying. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman versus Randy Orton. Big boy smash. Like eight minutes of constant action, getting over triple threat chaos with like next to no time to work with. So like right into the fire they go. Quickly into ringside fun times. McIntyre over the announce table. Orton charged by Strowman. Back into the ring. Orton countered with an RKO. But Drew charged in with a Claymore to have the win. I thought that was amazing. Uh, Randy Orton have hit the RKO, is pinning Braun Strowman when Drew breaks it up with a Claymore. It was a fantastic ending. After the match, MVP came out. Drew is facing MVP. We're like, right, here we go. So far, it's been bog-standard WWE booking, meaning Bobby Lashley be coming out <laughs> to put the Hurt Lock on to Drew McIntyre. I was kind of right, but also not really at all. As it wasn't them. It was T-Bar and Mace. <laughs> T-Bar and Mace with the jump. Like, I'm sorry, are they the new business? <laughs> oh dear. Like, that said, in theory, I am a fan of a message being sent on Bobby Lashley's behalf without him having to be there. Because one of my main complaints about WWE is seeing the same guys interacting week after week after week without seeing different interactions for them. But, you know... It's T-Bar and Mace. <laughs> so you balance that out. Uh, oh, again, I do like the idea 
of uh, in terms of the hurt business, it's, it's one of the things where the story's trackable even though I don't like it. I think it's one of those things where yes, there's a story there. That doesn't mean it's good or I'd rate it well, but there is a story where with MVP getting annoyed at Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin's handling, and part of that was directly related to after they took out Retribution. But I don't see any reason why MVP would recruit <laughs> the Retribution guys when his entire kind of prophesizing of himself was about taking them out. I guess you can hide, but this is where you kind of, you book it to slightly ignore things where you can tell the story of MVP seeing them fight winner against Retribution and gaining respect for them. At the time, none of that. <laughs> Absolutely no evidence that was a thing. Because we saw that with MVP and other people that he was feuding with, that he would put them over really well. and Especially like Mustafa Ali and Ricochet. Like he would, and Cedric Alexander, which kind of led to his recruitment. He was putting them over, and then he was like, well, you're not willing to join me, therefore you're going to get beaten up. Then... They have their match and it all kind of works. But with Retribution, there was none of that. He didn't do it. So, uh, uh, there is no... Uh, as in, it is trackable that he would kick out Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, and then replace them with two other people. That's the bit That's the bit which for me isn't... It doesn't mean I like it or think it's good, but there is a line at least to follow. And I'm... Oh, apparently, I am getting pretty bad video coming through. Uh, we'll see. I'll see what it looks like on the preview before cutting off. I'll see. I'll see what it's like. Hopefully it's not too bad. I'm, I'm getting the yellow warning. <laughs> so it really is bad. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, T-Bar and Mace? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Really, really, really? Uh, yeah, it's... It's not exciting. And that's the other part as well, because of who it is. It's two guys from WWE... From Monday Night Raw's lowest rated stable in terms of momentum, in terms of just anything they've been given, or the way they were treated on commentary, they're like bottom rung. Well, they were featured on TV, so they're higher than Garza and Carrillo, <laughs> but they're still, like, they job a job a trash, essentially. Forky, looking at the bin. Trash? <laughs> that's essentially what they are. But they... No, it's just, that's why, it, as a show-closing angle, eh. But there was one way to save it, and that was for... I say save it, at least improve it, give some kind of thing to it, would be them taking off their masks, them being with MVP. They've seen if you join the Hurt Business, you become champion. And it is... Uh, yeah, you can see that. That's relatively nice. But they are, they're T-Bar and Mace. They're not these people having a change of character because they're now joining the Hurt Business and they're, after dropping Mustafa Ali, they're going to drop everything to do with that and become Hurt Business guys. The thing I got was that MVP had recruited them to attack him. That was my thinking. Also, just in terms of like this insult to intelligence, MVP on the stage looking down at them for the distraction, then they run in and attack him, and then Corey Graves goes up the show going off air with Corey Graves to say, Does MVP have something to do with this? Like, it's the big, like, show, like, the hook to pull you back in for next week is, Was MVP behind that attack of Mason T Bar? I don't know, but he was on the stage, wasn't he? <laughs> it was just, um, yeah, it's its type of thing. It's kind of like, oh, it's a bit of an insult to intelligence where via visual, you told me that story, that MVP was the distraction for them to come out. But then with your words, it's like, oh, but you visually told me he was. <laughs> it's, just, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's bad writing, but when you rush a show, it's, again, this is what it kind of felt like. 
just like last year with the Raw After Mania, where, again, that was, I was more forgiving with that one because they had to all of a sudden switch to doing the shows in the Performance Centre. So when they put all that effort into WrestleMania, it made sense. They creatively really struggled with that particular Raw. But here again, the exact same thing happened. Where this Raw, might, there's a lot of logic things that fall through the cracks. <laughs> just make you ask questions just because it wasn't thought through. And for me, again, it's not just that it what who it was replacing. It's the who it was replacing and then the sell at the end by Corey Graves. Is MVP behind this? I don't effing know, <laughs> but look at he's right there. <laughs> uh, that, that I don't know is sarcasm. <laughs> Just put it. I know some people struggle with sarcasm. Tangent. I don't have time for tangents. <laughs> yeah. But that capped off for me an absolutely awful roar. I've called it, again, the title, a terrible roar after Mania. Because, again, those with momentum coming out of WrestleMania, half of them lost it. <laughs> it's like, oh cool, right WrestleMania, a massive stage to give a massive boost to people Again, half the people who got wins there Then lost on this Raw So, I guess, you say thank Like, I saw the lines of Why, why wouldn't AJ Styles and Omos and Sheamus on the show? Why weren't they there? I mean, I think the only guy To win at WrestleMania and on Raw tonight Was Bobby Lashley If I might, every other person was either DQ or they lost Not a great run <laughs> Not a great run um, yeah well I mean I'll get into it now I'll go through the show in order but as the show goes on because I also like to when I'm doing this now I kind of like to stay away from Twitter so I don't get my opinions kind of uh, like warped beforehand because again being English the entire show has already aired before I start watching so I try to stay away from Twitter sometimes I see the odd thing because I've got a message I've got to reply to but uh, on the whole I don't I don't really see many spoilers. Therefore, I don't really know what the opinion is online before I watch the show. And I kind of like that, which means when I write my notes, it's all my opinion. It's nothing like super crazy or anything. I don't feel like I've been like swung by the internet or I'm not entering with any expectations of a certain kind because I've seen something. I'm always going in blind. I want to light some heads up <laughs> about this show. <laughs> like, good God. So many things that just leave you going, what are you doing? And also, even if it wasn't the worst idea in the world, it was badly executed. It's like, oh, that sucks. And most of the time it is due like, to, to staging and the way things were delivered. It's like, oh, oh well. Uh, yeah, There were some fine things. And this next thing is perfectly fine. As thank God, finally my video stopped stuttering. It must have been doing a background thing. Screw you, <laughs> screw you, laptop. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin came out with no entrances, not a good sign reports coming out that they're pretty low down on the totem pole now that Vince doesn't have any plans for them. It's like, oh, oh, all right then. But Cedric and Shelton took on the returning Viking Raiders. Like, oh, the Viking Raiders are back. Like, Ivar returning after seven months out. And they are in addition to the tagged scene that is, is desperately needed. <laughs> Just to give it some variety. And it's good to have them back. Again, if anything just to add that tad of variety to Raw's tag division. Uh, Cedric and Shelton got in their licks. Like, this was a fine match from one like Raw, yeah. As in, the heels got in their licks on the Raiders, but then the Raiders got in all of their crap and then won. So, like, not exactly an out-and-out job or affair, but, like, the thing was building to the hot tag for the turning Ivar. Uh, big burly men and the Viking power tearing up into the Viking experience for the win. Viking Raiders return, get a win a bit of momentum. My only thing is they weren't that big a deal before Eric, before Ivar got injured. Like, yeah, they were having they had the feud with street, with street Profits and they were having, like, relatively fun matches on Raw. They were fun matches that felt like they weren't going anywhere. 
as in we're stuck in this cycle and like with a uh, Angel Garza and Andrade as well just that the three of them were in this never ending cycle then Ivar got injured the matches were fun they were entertaining but of course when after a period of time of seeing the same thing over and over and over and over oh I was getting fatigued at the time then he got injured it's like oh that's good well, it wasn't. Because <laughs> suddenly he's like, oh, wait, no, it's even worse. Oh, wait, no. I just remembered about it was the Mysterios as well. That was it. Andrade and Garza versus the Mysterios. Never again. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> so many times. Like, seriously, it was over 20. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, in that same era where Apollo only wrestled members of the Hurt Business from, like, May till November or the draft, whenever that was, like utterly ridiculous amount of times to not face any other wrestler. Um, but yeah, still, Vikings return. It's perfectly fine. If you're if you're like a fan of like you're still feeling a bit Ugh, about the hurt business and then seeing Cedric and Shelton used in this way, yeah, you feel more miffed about this segment than somebody like me, who well, I still look for the positives in a way. <laughs> That's why the show hurt even more. I just so struggled. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. There's not much else to say yet. Yeah, Viking is back. Good. Shelton and Cedric. Hmm. Uh, Charlotte Flair had made her return. She was the second return of the night. A uh, a solid promo. A good promo. Expressing her annoyance and not being on WrestleMania. Like, no one compares to her. She's a franchise player. Like, she doesn't steal opportunities. She is the opportunity. And this entire thing was essentially playing. Like, her not being on WrestleMania was a big deal. I mean, it wasn't played like that before. Beforehand, but it was. It was one of those promos where she was dancing around the subject of why she wasn't there, but never says it. Um, for example, in AW, for example, you highly expect they, she would have said, even just for a reaction, why she wasn't there. None of that in WWE. Uh, but it's, it, the only reason I say that is because she danced around it. If she doesn't dance around it and just sticks on the kind of first point, then there's no reason for me to bring it up. But, uh, yeah, there's that. This was effectively a heel turn, which then goes against the Thunderdome crowd cheering her as she came out. But to be fair, she hadn't done the speech yet, and I think she was faced when she left. <laughs> I'm getting to that point with Charlotte where I saw a few people just going on Twitter like, that, but she is heel, right? Just checking. <laughs> We've had this before. <laughs> she's got a promo. Like, I swear she's heel. Oh, no, she's a face. <laughs> we'll know by the Thunderdome crowd next week. Uh, but yeah, donning herself the great opportunity for women's wrestling. Which then leads into the Ray Ripley and Asuka rematch one day after their WrestleMania match. One word. Why? <laughs> Why do you have to do this? Like, I'll never understand this WWE trope that pops up every now and then. Like a match at the biggest show of the year and they immediately make it less special by having an impromptu rematch, also for the title, the very next night. Why? And more often than not, you can fully expect there isn't going to be a finish. Because <laughs> like, you're using this to set something up. And again, it's one of those things where you didn't really need to do that exact match again to set up the Charlotte Flair stuff. And like, I was, when I was watching it, it's like, there were so many mistakes in this to a point where it was, looked like it was more out of, just like the muscles weren't there. Now, obviously, I'm not a wrestler, but they look knackered. As in, they'd given it a lot at WrestleMania, put in a really strong effort, and then he was told to do it again on Raw. The energy just wasn't there or something. As in, like, physical exhaustion. I don't mean, obviously, their like, insane mental <laughs> kind of... Um, uh, balancing isn't the word. Uh, insane mental energy and strength. So, obviously, that's not going to be an issue. But, like, very quickly, 
trying to power up Asuka a couple of times just didn't work. It just didn't happen. Meaning, we've got... like It was it was decent. It was obviously just packed a bit with mistakes. And Charlotte Flair comes out and does an attack. Which, but also, going in, it was difficult to care about. And then the signs of exhaustion, as I'm calling it, kind of followed in. The match was rough to watch, just because there were quite a few mistakes. Um, like, like, you know, maybe that's the other reason. You don't go for oh, a big title rematch less than 24 hours after the show. <laughs> it's crazy. Again... With New Japan for Wrestling, I'm just picturing their second-to-last match. Like, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, when that was the second-to-last match at Wrestle Kingdom. You switch on New Year's Dash the very next night, which is their show following Wrestle Kingdom. And in the middle of that show is Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, to set up their next feud. Okay. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, yeah, I, I find it ridiculous, really. Like, you don't have to do the re- exact rematch. There are so many women on that roster for Mary Ripley to have faced and Charlotte Flair to have attacked her. The only reason I would be totally fine with this is if we're getting the triple threat at Backlash. That's really the only reason. If it's not that, then I don't know. I really don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, they had a, really a lot of the mistakes were, for me, I felt like they were either in like, one sloppy minute and I felt like by the end, by the time Charlotte Flair had interfered, they were somewhat finding their feet again, uh, shoving Asuka into the steps and beating both lasses down with a... Which <laughs> I found quite funny. Uh, yeah. Right, now onto the good stuff. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. <laughs> right, yes, the good stuff. Oh. Right, laughing at Mandy falling on the screen, because he'd got to mock him. Uh, the lass herself walked in and uh, a really awkward beat down on Nia ensued. Where it's like, yeah... It really is bad when something uh, surprising happens uh, and you're not ready for it. And that Dana Brooks come in and do the attack on her. And it was really weird. Like, Rose calling it as Dana attacked from behind and they could just push Nia down as well, send a message to get her angry so they could get a match. Uh, it worked. Um, which is more than we normally get for the women's tag division. That we got a storyline set up. So this is what I meant earlier why technically not awful. However... It wasn't executed well. <laughs> it wasn't staged well at all either. Like before, like they pushed Nia down before they were stood either side of the shot. Nia Jax is between them, and Nia Jax is, uh, uh, and then as she starts to get up, the camera goes between them, and uh, you, you zoom in on Nia Jax. But Dana Brooke and Maddie were just awkwardly look, look, looked looked over and back, and then, uh, as in it's like they're awkwardly waiting for. Something like, what do I do? Oh, I feel a bit awkward. Do I just move back? All right, okay. And then the camera goes through. <laughs> it was so badly staged. We've seen this before in WWE. Again, we don't have time to kind of plot out the shot. So it's just all... It's doing it there and then... Yeah, that's why you storyboard, guys. So you... As in, you plan the shoot. <laughs> so you know what's going to happen and none of this weird awkwardness happens. Um... Again, for me, this is like on-screen example as to how late in the day things are put together because of how clunky this was. So it's an on-screen example. Uh, and then we got to the match itself later in the show. Daniel Buck and Mandy Rose versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler in a tag team match. At least it had a storyline set up. That is my pro going into this. Because <laughs> obviously, Mandy Rose slipping at WrestleMania means that she's now in a storyline entirely centred around slipping. Of course, <laughs> of course. 
Uh, Nia Jax getting all annoyed at the focus of the funny slips falling on her when she wants to focus, like, of Mock to be on someone else for once. So angry. <laughs> uh, Vert going, Mandy Rose slips at WrestleMania, and now Nia Jax slips here. And she goes to climb onto the ropes and just kind of... She's on the outside. She goes to climb onto the ropes and climb back in and then just kind of falls, hits the open, and looks all embarrassed. Oh! And uh, Nia Jax's misfortune then leads to Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke leaving. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, the baddie slipped on the apron, they laughed and mocked at her, and then went, well, job done, and left. <laughs> they've accompl- I guess they've accomplished their mission <laughs> by embarrassing Naya. Uh, Byron Saxon on commentary. He's like, oh, this is uh, the message they've sent here. This is just as good as a win. No. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, a win's just as good as a win. Yeah, but I don't in my I'm in my head. I'm like, but WWE, they don't take wins and losses seriously. And this is what you get when you've someone like me who's a viewer who wants to take what the the matches I'm watching a bit more seriously. Like the results matter. This said right here, leaving a match to send a message as the faces, as the good guys. <laughs> you see, it's a talent trip you see quite often with the baddies. But for a good guy team to do this and be like, I've sent my message of ridicule. I'm perfectly fine losing this match. It's just as good as winning. You no. <laughs> if you want me to take your wrestling competition seriously, no, no, that's a ridiculous line. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous line. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to believe that. But yeah, like try but the, walking away as commentary tried to convince us that that was the right thing to do. Like no. Competition-wise, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Why on earth ever watch any wrestling if they can just send a message without doing any wrestling? What's the point in any of it at, with that line? <laughs> I can't go... I'm not going to go too much into it. Because I've... Again, I just... The, the amount of, I've watched... I found solace today in watching other reviewers having to cover this. <laughs> especially those who are up watching it live. Especially English people who are up watching it live. It's just like, no. Like, in terms of... Like a bigger thing, this is like encompassing of like some of my issues with WWE as a whole. But is it like a case in point of your main core about the competition of wrestling? You are telling me right here that them sending a message is a lot better than that, or just as it's just as good as it. Then why even bother? <laughs> that is my takeaway. Why even bother? What's the point? <laughs> what is the point in any of this? <laughs> Uh, I know, you can't go too deep on wrestling because it, it quickly falls apart with the question, what's the point of any of this? No, don't go down the ladder. <laughs> it's not safe. You won't get back out. Yeah. Um, and again, for the end of the segment, I'm like, at least try to convince me that the only reason they were out there for the entire time was to switch the focus of ridicule onto Naya. Like, rather than competing in competition and as soon as she slips, like, ah, eh, we're good now. But if you try and convince me that that was their aim the entire night... Yeah, I'm fine with that. To get a match, to embarrass her, and then that's, that is literally just that aim. Maybe if you'd tried to get that across beforehand, but to then just do the sudden switch. Like, they were competing, and then she slipped, and then they gave up. It was like, hmm, right, okay. That's what, that's what I'm going with. That is what I'm going with. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, again, I highly recommend, just like, anybody who's reviewed this more this week, really, the words on this will all be entertaining. It's every one of them. <laughs> if you come across anybody reviewing this more, again, me, knackered from WrestleMania week, found solace in others' pain. 
other, some people greater than me in terms of their level of pain from this. Uh, I'm still able to laugh about it. To the point, as in, the thing that helps me is I raw already broke me years ago. So my bar is already low. 2018, Bobby Lashley's sisters. I've not recovered from that. 2019, I can't remember what it was specifically, but something also sent me. Oh, it was the, um, like, just the fact that the universe has made no sense. Like, the every single week it was a new thing they were trying out, like the Superstar Shake-Up. And then it's like none of the shit's shake-up mattered because people moved back the following week because they weren't right because they thought it through because they did it last minute. Then it was just the... what Whatever it was called where they got the roster could guest on the other show. And that, that also came up for a little bit. And it's just like, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to leave. I'm going to come back when you found your footing. And hopefully around SummerSlam. So 2018 and 19, I stopped watching more. <laughs> and it's kind of... Uh, it's both times it's been for similar reasons of what I'm seeing here. Where you do something that just makes me just like you just need I just need to give you a minute to figure yourself out and then I'll come back type of thing uh, and then sometimes they normally put on a decent card at some time so I often find it's worth returning for that and, and I'm not burnt by all the bollocks over the summer uh, yeah anyway Alexa Bliss I, I still I call this a promo specifically a positive even if the match itself at WrestleMania, I feel like it was received correctly. I feel like I've read that differently to like everybody else, or most people. When that happened, live in the moment, my read on it was they're doing the match, then suddenly Alexa Bliss comes out with the goo down her face. It's a really cool visual. Bray Wyatt kind of reaches to it in a... I thought, well, that's interesting. Then Randy Orton hits the RKO, and he wins the match. Then Bray Wyatt gets up, and I'm like, right, now we're going to see his reaction of reaching out why was he doing that? What is going to happen next? What is his character kind of relation to whatever this gooey bliss is? <laughs> and then the lights went dark. And I'm like, right, it's WrestleMania. You've gone, oh, you're teasing a thing when he's reaching out to her. Hit the RKO and got interrupted. But now it's WrestleMania. The lights go dark. What's going to happen? Oh, my word. This is, this is, it was like a sudden tonal shift. What is going to happen? The lights come back on. They've gone. Oh, the gooey face and him staring at her was the thing. Oh, that's a bit crap. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's WrestleMania. And I've seen quite a few guys kind of analyse it off. Oh, they were like, oh, don't, please don't break up this act. Or they were kind of annoyed, um, I guess, at the story part of it or the match not being... Like, because they were into the match and from multiple reports of people who were there in the building, they were really into The Fiend or only was getting great reactions until the ending. And that turned it off. But my, my reaction in the moment was purely, you seem to have set up a tonal shift, you you uh, kind of temporarily interrupted it, then you got back to it, like, right, it's WrestleMania, what's going to happen here? But, but th th that, that was the thing happening. That's a massive letdown, <laughs> really. Because it's WrestleMania as well, you expect something bigger. Um, but yeah, the visual of Bliss was fantastic, and apparently part of the reason for why it went, kind of went down as damp as it did was Bray Wyatt went to win. And uh, this is coming from, I think it was from a super fightful. Yeah, Bray Wyatt was meant to win. And then it was changed over the weekend. Apparently with Mitchell and uh, McMahon. The other two changed it. And everyone involved is really confused. They've never known where this is going. They've been constantly asking where this is going. They get to WrestleMania. The answer was flipping nowhere. Of course it was. Just like Roman, <laughs> who attacked Roman Reigns. We're told the entire time, Vince has got a plan for this. He knows exactly where it's going. Well, if he did, we never bloody got there. <laughs> we went somewhere else entirely, seemingly influenced by what had happened the weeks before. 
that doesn't scream I've got I know where I'm going like if where you go next is influenced by what happened beforehand not the other way around then then I realise that sentence doesn't make much sense <laughs> as in if you know where you're going at the end you can drop in hints in the past of where you're going to rather than where you end up going being entirely kind of related to what happened beforehand anyway Move on. I've not got time for this. <laughs> that I really should have called it that. I've not got time for this crap. <laughs> that was the ball this week. Um, it's turned me into... Oh, what's... It's turned me into Danny Glover. <laughs> That's what this has done. Ah, oh, too old for this crap. <laughs> uh, Miz TV with Maurice. Maurice with Miz. Always fantastic. It's, it's fantastic to see like a couple who have so much chemistry on screen. They're, they're always fantastic with the Modern Night Raw. I assume Miss and Mrs. is... Thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> I don't watch Car Crash TV or reality TV of that like. So, yeah. Um, out here promoting Miz and Mrs. Uh, Miz taking credit for Bad Bunny. Uh, Dam- Damien walked on out, saying all the credit lands on Bad Bunny alone. Uh, Miz and Morrison both want to separately challenge the man. Enter a mini argument before Maurice in the voice of reasons. Like, you know you can both challenge him, right? And I like the comedic thing where she was the voice, like them, them two bickering, eh, it could get quite annoying sometimes, but Maurice is the voice of reason, oh, you're the missing piece, you make it all work, <laughs> it's all great, suddenly they may be idiots and they may get annoying at times, but when Maurice is there, she can just snap them out of it and it never goes too far, oh, it's great. Uh, Damien Priest also with the, oh my god, you're idiots, and then he's the one to suggest a handicap match so that he can make the headlines by beating them both, doesn't happen. Instead, he gets rolled up by a man in his underpants. <laughs> so, that was just a fantastic way to capitalise on the momentum of WrestleMania, where ba- all of the focus went on Bad Bunny, who did do an amazing performance. But all of the focus was on him. Every single man was giving in that match to make Bad Bunny look fantastic, and they all did an amazing job, Every si- all three of them. Uh, and then here, I'm like, well, this is where you give Damien Priest a nice little win. Mr. Morrison can kind of fall over themselves a little bit, and they can complain they weren't ready. It's fine. As heels, it works. Even Damien Priest could win with a roll-up because they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. Instead, Maurice ends up being the one helping them win. As in, they would have lost if it weren't for Maurice. But uh, the, the other part of it is Damien Priest, who won at WrestleMania. Would it be the worst thing in the world to keep that momentum going? Yes, he hit hit the lights on John Morrison, who went out. Yes, he was going to beat the Mies. The Mies. <laughs> that, that's the Mies. Uh, that's what Maurice's name is in, in form of the Mies. It's the Mies. Le Mies. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so he was going to beat the Mies. But then Maurice got involved, of course, in distraction. And Mies won with a really cheeky roll-up. No pun intended because he had his trousers down. <laughs> but yeah. Again, it's just immediately alarm bells in my head. Just give Priest a win. <laughs> is it the worst thing in the world? Uh, like, just... Just give him the win. They can do the exact same thing with Priest winning. But this is the the feud must continue. But my other point is it's you've got five weeks to backlash. You can have and the other part of like the Raw after Mania, in my head, I'm like, this doesn't always have to be the best show, but it's an absolutely fantastic show to keep the momentum from WrestleMania and kind of just glide over through a show with it. You keep that momentum through a show. And you kind of use that to uh, build a nice amped show. This did the exact opposite of that. Where someone like Damien Priest, who got 
even though it wasn't the main focus, he got momentum from winning at WrestleMania. He was there. He was the guy who stood to the big celebrity. Like, yeah, he got a bit of momentum from that. This show, immediately, no, you lose. And yeah, you put in a decent performance. But it's not the same. <laughs> so I, really, I don't get why you do it. Obviously, the thinking about backlash or the thinking about continuing feud to set things up, the idea of this is Miz beats him because they're going to be feuding. But you've got five weeks to backlash. You can have Priest get a win. You don't even have to do this specific match. <laughs> you can do this down the line. Again, it's to promote Miz and Mrs. though. And that's where the other part comes in. It's where two things have collided, where you really should be keeping Damian Priest's momentum even if you're going to screw him over later, like the week of WrestleMania is a different kind of week. You are allowed to just keep momentum gliding rather than doing anything crazy because it's the Raw after Mania. But instead, cut the momentum out of him. <laughs> and now it's back into 50-50 land where no one breaks through. So just let it, just keep him winning. I don't get it. I really don't get it. <laughs> Why? It's just another guy. Why? Uh, I did enjoy The Miz shouting the line, but I'm wearing my Gucci slip-ons. <laughs> I did like that. He's having to wrestle in his gear. I thought um, when the wrestling match itself was relatively fun. Uh, I enjoyed Miz and Morrison kind of just not having the cohesion, like showing they weren't ready. Uh, Morrison selling up for Priest was fantastic. But yeah, in the end, Priest went to embarrass Miz to roll, roll him up put, with his trousers down. And then Maurice calls a distraction and Miz, with his pants down, rolls up Priest, foot on the repeat on the ropes. And yes, it gets heat to the Miz. But you've got five weeks. <laughs> you don't have to do this bit right now. Again, that's, that's my, my immediate thought. It's the after Mania. Just keep some momentum going. You don't have to do this. <laughs> oh, right, I'm 100% I'm going to overrun, surely. Surely. Uh, also, they fully replayed... Before uh, Brooke Rose, Jackson Baser, they fully replayed the awkward attack with the weird shuffles of Rose and Brooke on the side of the shot as well. And Nia was there just acknowledging it's unnecessary to show that entire thing. They just showed that entire thing just to get at me. It's, it's unnecessary. Nia pointing that out doesn't make it not that. It doesn't make me not want to skip it. <laughs> you are wasting my time and saying, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> of course it was. Ah, oh, and finally made it to the last thing to talk about on this amazing show that broke a lot of people. Uh, New Day versus Elias and Jackson Viker. So this was the other side of people who lost at WrestleMania, got their wins, 50-50 booking, no one gets over. Elias singing the praises of Shane McMahon before Wood's trumpet played every time he tried to strum. I was like, what is this? Are you messing with my sound? <laughs> it's one of the things where... On Strum 1, you've immediately got it. But oh, I just can't figure out what's going on. It's, it's, it's circusy playing up to the crowd. <laughs> that kind of wrestling, that kind of silliness in wrestling, I am fine with. That's why I'm mostly fine with like, the Fiend Alexa Bliss stuff. I am perfectly fine with nonsense in my wrestling, or as OSW would call it, wrestling bollocks. <laughs> like, I'm perfectly fine with that sort of thing being in my wrestling. Uh, I don't need it to be super serious all the time. One of my favourite New Japan wrestlers is Toro Yano. I don't need stuff to be super serious. I'm fine with a bit of comedy. And yeah, New Day then came out and the thing that kind of got me was they were calling them a... like they Their presence in the tag division was unacceptable. They were an embarrassment to the tag division of what they did at WrestleMania. And they got that ass watched by a giant big guy uh, to say calling them an embarrassment to the division. Uh, a division which they're not really in thought I'd point that out. It's like dipping a toe kind of stuff. Maybe wrestled a couple of stuff, but really they've just been singles guys 
with a like professional relationship. So they've tagged together a couple of times. Just a dip's toe. Would never say they're part of the division. <laughs> uh, but the whole point of it was for Elias and Riker to very blatantly just say, but you also happened that to you. Happened that to you? We're going with it. <laughs> you also happened that to you, sir. <laughs> uh, which, really, a totally unnecessary line, because the audience is automatically thinking it. You don't really have to point it out like that. You can have commentary do it. The bad guy doesn't have to be so on the nose, so blatant with it. Because, again, with it being that blatant a thing, the audience will automatically think it when they say that, and the commentary can sell it. So, yeah, again, it just feels like a rush roar. It's another example of it. But this is, is it though? Because it's the kind of version they always do. Like, subtlety is never a thing. Uh, putting entertaining tag lags, tag lags, I can't still say that word, tag lads? <laughs> WrestleMania week, my tongue's gone. In the momentum death spot before the main event. Like, it does make the landing a little bit smoother, because the match itself was fine. New Day, I always find New Day entertaining, no matter what they're doing. Even if I think it's a bit crap, I'll still be entertained by them. And yeah, Jackson Mike uh, and Elias were fine opponents. Uh, New Day, this is just New Day getting the win back after getting manhandled by Omos at WrestleMania. And it's one of the better examples of somebody on the show getting a rematch. But in order to do so, you aren't beating a person who won at WrestleMania. Cough, cough. Well, I guess Ripley Asker getting that DQ and... The match I was just talking about earlier. <laughs> Nia Jackson, whatever. Uh, yeah. Broke me. The last thing to talk about is Bray Wyatt. Then I've talked about everything. I've moaned about it all. I can do the synopsis. I, I can do the wrap-up. And then I can get ready for my next thing. Because, again, it's still WrestleMania week. <laughs> so, the Firefly Funhouse. All of our puppet friends welcomed back Bray Wyatt, who we've not seen in a really long time. He's like, oh, I feel reborn. Like, and everything will be fine because he will return and there'll be no more clout chasing in this here simulation. <laughs> it goes all preachery. Starts talking about life being a simulation for a little bit. <laughs> it's just like, he threw some deep crap in there just like, just for a, just a little smidge of it. <laughs> Which I thought, uh, that got me. Uh, yeah, this was moving on kind of stuff. And like, just pointing out that Randy Orton's, we had Randy Orton move on. He just outright said it. They've disappeared and moved on. We had... Alexa Bliss kind of explaining her actions of what if I wielded that power. I don't know if they're going to have any form of feud, but Bray Wyatt was... We'll be fine. We'll be totally fine without her. Are they, are they just moving everything along that this entire thing is dead? Or are we going to Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss in some manner? Or she kind of turns a different act into her kind of minion to attack Bray Wyatt? I really don't know. Uh, it, yeah, it's again, it screams... That they they had an idea for WrestleMania, then completely changed their minds on the weekend of, and then it suddenly doesn't fit with anything. So now they're having to explain it and kind of try and solve the puzzle and make it all fit because what they did at WrestleMania didn't fit into anything they were doing. <laughs> also, really not a great sign that the talent involved here were like, "Where's this going?" and they're never getting a response. This is the kind of thing where you really should plan it out a bit at least at least you map it out to wrestlemania like well this is the plan tlc wrestlemania that's not massive long-term booking that's a few months you can do that they do that they do royal rumble's wrestlemania like for how many stories a year but to have for something like this where a lot of the time it has so many fans talking about the law law of it all and i just watch it going they're making it up every week like 
what law? <laughs> and then stuff like this. They make it up and then they have to make it fit. The look, the law doesn't really exist. I have to make it fit. Um, yeah, for me, this is... I enjoy... I, I never. I don't think I ever won't enjoy The Fiend's Entrance. It's an absolutely amazing entrance. I'm perfectly fine with Impaired of the Likes of Bliss. I thought the gooey Bliss was a really cool visual. I really enjoyed that. I wasn't like... Uh, even like The Fiend set on fire. Maybe I like that because it meant that my review of TLC did amazing numbers. <laughs> Just because but all they had to do was set a man on fire. But, yeah, overall, uh, uh, it's, it's starting to get to that point where it's long-term. Like, over the course of time, if you're making it week to week, you're doing stuff like they were going for the WrestleMania thing, like, eh, uh, yeah, it's, they'll get to their WrestleMania match. It'll be fine. But we're now at this point where the making it up week to week has me going, what's the plan for this? Where are you going with it? Because it feels like nowhere. <laughs> As in, it feels like you don't know where it's going. And for me, that's the worst kind of feeling to get when I'm watching a TV show. When I'm watching characters talk, and I'm like, I don't know if people writing this know where this is going. And they're trying to solve what they did last time to make it fit, and then they can go forward with something else and then make up. <laughs> it's like, ugh. It feels like it's the kind of act which I'm perf- I would just like just a couple of months or something. It doesn't have to be AEW New Japan style year career length stuff, but you know, just just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit of planning. Ah, yeah. This raw truly terrible. Again, uh, I jokingly put uh, like the uh, cultaholic guys and who what somebody else is also shutting down their raw reviews and stopping Brian Zane. He stopped his raw reviews and. Uh, WrestleTalk gave this a 0 out of 10 or 5. I can't remember what the scale is. Stephen Larson also gave it a really low score. Uh, that's what I meant. I found solace in other in the YouTuber's pain. <laughs> that's what I did today. I found solace in their pain. Uh, especially though, because they, they mostly watched it live. Not this cat. I got to wind through stuff. <laughs> I got to skip things. <laughs> How nice is that? Ah, yeah. So, yeah. It's weird. I can't give it 0. Because for me, Zero has to be consistently damaging to every single segment. And there were some fine things. I, like Charlotte's promo was fine. I thought the Charlotte stuff was fine. Even though the stuff things she was interacting with in Ripley Asuka, I didn't think was fine. But Charlotte herself was. Uh, Viking Reigns returning, I thought that was fine. Bobby Lashley's presence on the show was exactly how I would have wanted it to be. That is fine. Drew McIntyre, the main event, I really it was eight minutes of pure action. I really enjoyed the main event. And then we get to... The uh, the ending thing was a bit... Uh, Drew McIntyre winning as well, that's perfectly fine. So I can't give it zero. But it did just immediately destroy uh, or tank momentum from WrestleMania of all shows. Just the very first show you do is just like, well, let's get let's get people who lost their momentum back. It's like, what about the guys who won? <laughs> it's just like, what? No, what, what is this? What is this? What is this? And of course, the thing that seems to have weirdly broken a lot of people... <laughs> Even though it's the women's tag division, which beforehand you wouldn't even get a setup, but it's because of the wider implications of the way the, the in terms of like the way that the show is written, and the for you to be okay with this line of thinking being put on air, in terms of the in terms of like the, the building of the universe, and it's just like well, what's the point in any of it then? In any what's the point if it's if. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, embarrassing one of the wrestlers a little bit, is just as good as winning. Why even wrestle? <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know what to, yeah, I don't know what to give because I don't normally give a numbered score. 
but I do normally give like a sentence or something. So it's a pick between I'm too old for this crap and oh, I've got, I'm so tired I've completely forgotten what the other one was. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I'm so tired I've just I've just I've just forgotten. <laughs> that works for this more because it, it really was like a really bad show. Um, again, the other reason I can't give it zero is because I did watch it in one go. A lot of that momentum was carried through with me going, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> or oh, why would you do that? <laughs> I wasn't watching things. But I never actively felt, because um, I was keeping a track of it, that the raw fatigue. At what point during the show did I just go, I'm done with this show? Like, at what point? I never got that feeling. So in terms of the flow of the show... It wasn't the worst roar I've ever seen. In terms of what happened, and the things in terms of going forward, how damaging it was, this is truly down there. And again, if I'm giving it a number, it's saving graces that it's not rock bottom. But it was bad. If you watch this live, especially as a European, this probably was a zero. For somebody who got up in the morning with a lovely cup of tea and was able to wind through a little bit, it's like, oh, I don't need notes on this. A lot more digestible. <laughs> a lot more. Uh, anyway, what did you think of this war? Did you think it was as truly terrible as I did as well? You know, it's got some good in there, but again, it just put a stop to so much good from WrestleMania. It's like, what are you doing? It's just like right, right out of the fire, back into the frying pan. That's a random Lord of the nerdy Lord of the Rings <laughs> reversal. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, thank you for watching, liking, engaging in any form or in any manner. It's greatly appreciated, especially with a roar this bad. Uh, I'll try and be in the comments for this one. I'm normally pretty bad, as in I'll see them a few days later and go, it's just too late now. <laughs> but I'll try and be in there for this one. Because again, I feel like we need group therapy for this roar. <laughs> so I'll try and be in the comments. You can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat. That's damn as in damn. I've been streaming on Twitch as well. I think I'll be live about 8pm GMT, which is 3pm EST, uh, tomorrow doing a wee stream. Uh, there's also the Wrestling Headlines stuff at Russell Headlines, Wrestle without an E, uh, Wrestling Headlines on the Facebook page as well. I think we're getting close to 200,000 people following that Facebook page, so that's awesome seeing that grow so fast as well. And Hustle as well, give Hustle his props. He, I did the video talk on it, and Hustle did the written side, just as just as painful. <laughs> so give Kudo, give a Hustle a hug. <laughs> that'll be that'll be my my message. Go give Hustle a hug, because <laughs> he will be just as broken. Uh, anyway, with that, I say thank you for watching. I bid you adieu. Thank God this show is over. S see you next week. <laughs> with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. <laughs>